Previously recorded in both Murfreesboro and Chattanooga, Tennessee, this is NFLs, a production by Next Season Sports Media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to NFLs. Before we get into our regular programming, let's get into the mind of Jacob about 12 hours ago. Just pain. It was pain everywhere. <laughs> I didn't realize you. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. I think right before the game started, it like occurred to me that that was like just so a possibility. And then yeah. like just every minute as it kept going, I was just like, I don't know. during the the scoreless third quarter, man, I was like, it's it, we've lost this game. It's it's fine. We'll. we'll I'll Broncos cope later, but it's pain everywhere. I'll, I'll say that much. <laughs> also, um, I have bronchitis, everybody, so I'm sorry if I sound gross. But, hello. <laughs> hey, I've heard worse. And uh, we we as a, a nation appreciate what you're uh, putting up with to make sure we get this content out. So, um, shout out to you for that. I gotta do what I gotta do. So. You do have to do what you have to do. Um, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm honestly so excited. Like, I watched a lot of games this weekend. Like, I Oh, yeah. I think I watched, like, 11 total this week. No, wait, that doesn't make any sense. Hold on. Wait, yes, it does. That doesn't make sense, yeah. Yeah, cool. I was thinking at 8 for some reason. Yeah, I watched 11, I'm pretty sure. Like, I was watching, like, 4 during each time slot. Watched all three of the primetime games. Um, catch, caught some, like, post-game notes about every team. So, like, I just, like, all day I was like, man, I have something I want to say about basically every team mm, in the league right yeah. now. I'm excited. Just ingesting a lot of football content this weekend. It's freaking back, baby. I'm so happy. I, it just made me so happy watching those games on Sunday. And uh, a little less happy watching that game last night. <laughs> but uh, it is what it yeah. is. It is. I I mean, like I said, I'll cope more later. But I think, like, just to kind of give an overarching read on the weekends that makes me feel a little bit better like every team looked really messy and i don't mm. even mean that in like a bad way at all i just think like really every team except for like the bills and tampa like seemed pretty not well not, like it seemed like there were just some awkward moments of like lack of coordination like there were some there were a lot of teams with new coaching staffs who made some like really like silly little calls. I I thought that some of the quarterbacks that were playing with new teams seemed like not very confident in like what options they had on the field, and I thought that that went f- more for Russ than almost anybody else. And I'm wondering if like the Tim Patrick injury is a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just like yeah, I, to me like basically every team except for like Tampa and Buffalo and like arguably Philly and and Minnesota like I think hit like maybe like a two thirds of their potential <laughs> this weekend. Uh, I'd probably out of that list. I'd probably replace Tampa with Kansas city just because yeah, Tampa, true. They really good. Tampa won their game by 16, but they like the Broncos actually suffered a little bit from red zone. ED uh, got yeah, very close to scoring man, a touchdown several I, times and just the words from later this episode <laughs> out of my mouth, man. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that we saw true. we saw Brady facing a lot of pressure uh, from that Cowboys defensive front, and just I think this line for Brady is going to be uh, something to monitor all year. Something that he hasn't really had to deal with with just the All Star cast he's had in his O line for the past couple of years. So 
we'll see how uh, we'll see how he reacts to it. I'm not expecting any like humongous drop off or anything, just because it's Tom Brady. Yeah, but still yeah. something to monitor. That's a good point. I for me, most of like what that game. The reason why I was like, okay, these guys seem fine, was just that like they, they like, at least in the first half, were on the field like so much more mm. than the Dallas. Like, we're really kind of running that game, and I don't know. I mean, like, even with the Dak injury aside, like, I I haven't ever really seen Dallas like kind of <laughs> like surgically removed from the conversation in a way that they were able to like in just week one like i just think like they exposed a lot of weaknesses and for me at the very least like and while i agree with what you're saying about the line i was a little hesitant about like the coaching staff situation over there but that to me was like one of the most confident like new head coaches uh, oh yeah we had this weekend so um I felt really good about that. <laughs> Certainly, way better than I felt about the clock management of what <laughs> Mr. Nathaniel had. <laughs> God, he made Andy Reid in Super Bowl Thirty Nine look like a genius. Is all I'll say about that. Um, <laughs> but... um not good. <laughs> uh, also, like one other overarching narrative that I thought was really funny, like watching all the games in the uh, first time slot, like the all the one p.m. Eastern games on Sunday. Um, almost every game came down to like a last minute drive. Oh <laughs> yeah. All of it, those early games, dude. Mm-hmm. So I thought that there was like a lot of parody around the league and yeah, like I said, like just not a whole lot of like high quality looks from any, from any team. Like I, I, I mean, but again, not even in a bad way because I think all of these teams had like little moments of insane brilliance. Um, but for, all of that that we saw, we also saw a lot of like awkward growing pains. This is week one. Yeah, week one. Try not to overreact too much about it. Um, talk more about overreactions later. But uh, the sheet is telling me it's your turn to pick first this week. Well, so hold on, we got you... some bits we got to do. Don't oh, we do have some bits we got to do. Why don't you uh, hit us with <laughs> your right. part for this first? Put on it. Let's do it. Ooh, <laughs> love that overmodulation. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> uh, we're going to. Uh, Bring back our some of our old favorite bits. We're each gonna pick a bet every week, just kind of highlight, you know, an NFL wager that's looking good for us. One that we suggest taking a look at um, mm. the spread or an over under that speaks to us. One that I have just kind of scrolling through this list. The first one that hopped out at me is being a little bit disrespectful. Minus ten for the Seahawks versus the 49ers. Um, I like one. That's just Plus like a much. 10. Right, sorry, plus 10, thank you. <laughs> One <laughs> much bigger spread than, I think, like, these... Even with the Seahawks being considered, like, the worst team in the league potentially, like, a week ago, um, and even with San Francisco being considered, like, a top five, I still would have expected that to manifest in, like, a eight-point spread max, like, if the season hadn't started yet, just because, like, these are still, di- like, divisional rivals that are very familiar with each other. Um, but this weekend, like... I kind of felt a little bit vindicated on my, like, slight hesitation about Trey Lance. I certainly, like, am not opposed to him at all, but, like, I, the San Francisco, I think, kind of found this weekend that he's not at least immediately going to be, like, all of the answers that they're looking for at the moment, whereas mm. G- Geno Smith, to me, I thought looked surprisingly competent last uh, uh, last night, so I, I think, like, I'm... 
I'm not positive yet. I'm likely still going to pick the 49ers later on in this episode, but I think that this game will probably be within a touchdown, honestly, because, like... The 49ers played a kind of competitive game against the Bears that they ended up losing, and people thought that the Bears were going to like be competing with the Seahawks for a very low-production offense. So, I don't know. It just wouldn't shock me to see the Seahawks come within 10 points after all of this. It seems pretty reliable to me. All right. Yeah, so for mine, I'm also talking about a game with a 10-point spread. That's going to be the Tennessee Titans going up to Buffalo to play the Bills. Um, I think the Bills will win this game, and I think the Bills still are far and away looking like the best team in the league early on. But, I mean, these two teams played very close last year, and obviously A.J. Brown isn't in the equation for the Titans anymore. But the thing that hurt the Bills the most last year against the Titans was Derrick Henry wreaking havoc, and I can see the same kind of thing happening again this year. Um, I can see him, he got off to a slow start this first week against the Giants, who wasn't his usual dominant self. and. You can chalk that up to, you know, first game back in the season. And last year, week one, he didn't look that great either. And then he went on a historic run before he got hurt. So I think this is a bit of an overreaction to both of the both of these teams' games in the first mm. week. Like I said, Bills are amazing, and they deserve all the hype they're getting from what we've seen so far. But a 10-point spread against the team that was the number one seed in this conference last year is a, yeah. a little disrespectful. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I was talking with uh, Reagan about this the other day, just how nice it's been kind of seeing this rivalry come out of nowhere. Like, this is the fourth year in a row that these two teams have played against each other. Yeah. Um, and outside of that first game, the, the the one that we've talked about so many times on the show where we were cheering on random Buffalo fans downtown, outside of that first time, like, it's been pretty competitive, basically, always. And yeah, like you said, the Titans took the last one. I... I think that that last game, I mean, maybe I'm like coping because I had to stand there listening to Titans fans be a lot more happy about it than I was. But <laughs> that game was like, that That fourth quarter was a perfect storm for the Titans. And um, yeah, I'm still feeling pretty good about the Bills right now. But I also told you, I'm sure we'll talk about this again when we come to this game later on this episode. But like, the Titans just lost to a really bad team and everybody's writing them off already and the Bills look far and away like the best team in the league. That, to me, says that like this matchup is very scary. <laughs> oh, yeah, that like... screams game the Titans <laughs> win for no reason. Yeah. So. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I, I, I like this spread. Definitely disrespectful, I think. Yeah. Um, how did fantasy right. go for you this weekend? Oh, hold on. <laughs> it's time for my beautiful Dark Joseph <laughs> fantasy football. Um, <laughs> I'm in six leagues this year. That's a lot of leagues, people. Um, but I went three and three, lost in, you know, two of the leagues that had a buy-in. So that's not the games you want to lose. But right. overall, pretty good. I had the highest scoring team in our dynasty league this week, so that felt pretty good. Um, how about you? Um, I, I yeah, I went two and three, but my two wins were like the leagues that I was in last year that have like all my friends in them. So yeah. like, I felt really good about those. I wanted to win our money league that we were in, and I had a pretty solid le- lead. And there, I'm trying to remember what happened. I think it was just that, like, um, I mean, I have Cam Akers. I think that was part of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even though I have Josh Allen, yeah, I just got cammed. And Amari Cooper, I'm afraid. But that's okay. Um, y- yeah, I, the other two teams are kind of whatever. They both have, like, weird formats. And I joined them just, like, for a little bit more experience. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm hoping to turn them around. But, like. I mean, it's it's one week. I think you'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. It's a long I mean, season. 
I feel so good about our Dynasty League, like, still. I mean, coming out of, like, getting second place last season, um, I didn't... I, I wasn't nearly as gun ho this offseason as a lot of other people, but honestly, it was just because, like, I was confident in what I had, and I didn't really feel like spending six months, like, overthinking things and, like, changing a whole lot for no reason or whatever. And, um, yeah. and like, coming into it, I, I think I started pretty inefficiently this week, and I was still number two top scoring in our league so yeah i i feel really good about that league right now and um drafting josh allen early in jodo has paid off beautifully so far so <laughs> i'm feeling good <laughs> i got after my my keister handed to me in the jodo league this week i think i only put up 65 points so um not looking great and i was hoping to do much better after missing the playoffs last year but like playoffs. i said it's only <laughs> playoffs, playoffs. <laughs> But, uh, like I said, long season, still plenty of time to turn it around. Need to make some trades. I could use some more running back depth in that league. So, we'll see what happens. Um, but, uh, yeah, with that, why don't you get us into our games for this week? Sweet. Sounds good. Also, score update. Um, I think last No, week we I don't went... have to do that. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I went 9-6-1. You went 7-9-1, right? Is that? No, wait. 7-8-1. The sheet says seven, eight, and one. Yep, yeah. that is ugly. <laughs> Bummer. How'd the coin do? Coin went five, ten, and one. So at least I'm better than that. Yeah, you there went are... three and one on the disagreements there. Shout out Pittsburgh Steelers. Shout uh, out Pittsburgh saving, Steelers. Saving my cake. Um, there were almost two twenty-point ties. Also, that's one other thing I want to point oh, out. Oh yeah. Also, I'm pretty sure during the NFL's era, there's always been a week one tie, and there's like never ties outside of week one. Like, what is it about week one that like brings these ties? I don't understand. Yeah, I think there... the first year we did this was that year that the Browns ended their losing streak by <laughs> yes. tying in week one. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, that's. A notorious tie for me. I mean, like the the tie making it so that nobody in the AFC South won this weekend. I'm gonna remember <laughs> that for like a really long time. That's so funny. Uh, yep. All right, let's do this. So first off, Thursday night we have a banger. All the primetime games are bangers this week. Oh my gosh, including like both of the Monday nights. Eh, Sunday's fine, but both of the Monday nights are really good. Agree. We have the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Los Angeles Chargers. Both of the one and zero teams in the AFC West. Um, looking currently like probably the stronger of the two since San Francisco and the Rams both have a little bit to figure out. Um, Seattle's the only one in OT. Only one in NFC West. Absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, um, so both these teams, you know, kind of, this game is, being in week two is huge, and I feel like the NFL schedulers did this intentionally like they knew that this would be a really good thursday night game early on oh, in the yeah. season because this game is going to define the way that the, people talk about these two teams like for the rest of the season easily i think like this game will determine just the de facto like afc west champion like in most people's opinions um which is fine they can all you know they can all forget about us that's not a big deal uh we lost to the seahawks so um, <laughs> uh, but yeah i um like you said that i thought that the chiefs looked you know very chiefly this this weekend they seemed just fine without tyreek hill i certainly was not surprised about that uh travis kelsey and patrick mahomes are still top three in their roles who would have thought um so yeah i mean like the Chiefs looked really, really solid, and the Chargers, I thought, put up a bunch of good looks, but, you know, are still kind of, like, 
doing that inconsistent thing, but I, I'm feeling something about this Thursday, man. It, like, I, I hate the Chiefs, so, like, I'm always happy to see the Chargers beat the Chiefs. Like, the Chargers are the team in this league, I mean, in this division, that I have the easiest time being, like, happy with. Um, I always like seeing them beat the Chiefs, and their defense, I don't think, really got to show off, like, what all they have, like, put together this offseason in this game against the Raiders. I think, like, I think that the Chiefs, I think that the Chargers are a lot more eyes on Patrick Mahomes than they are on Derek Carr, I guess I should say, and I think, like, um, they were kind of focusing a lot on, like, the blitz and, uh, in this game against Derek Carr, Derek Carr, and we see that, like, almost never work against Kansas City, um, but, you know, like, with Khalil Mack coming in, and the fact that they're showing, like, a pretty basic playbook against this other team, I just feel like the Chargers might, like, really be ready for this defensive matchup against the Chiefs because they know that, like, holding Mahomes to less points than Herbert is going to just be something they have to do, like, to start winning these games. So, um, yeah, I I think that, like, this offseason is about this match for them, and I think that they're going to show up a lot more hungry for it. And, uh, yeah, I... I'm feeling it. I don't know. This isn't this is an off an upset that I'm comfortable with, even though like I'm not always a part of the Chargers hype. I, I think that this one to me makes a lot of sense. So, sorry, I forgot my mic was muted. <laughs> but, um, I uh, I was hoping we were going to start out this week with a disagreement, but we're both going Chargers here. Uh, I've notably in the past week or so or a couple weeks i've been buying into the chargers hype this year so um shouldn't come as too much of a surprise but uh, i do think that they were the most competitive with the chiefs out of uh, all the other afc west teams last year i mean obviously they took a game off of them and the game that they lost went to overtime so i'm expecting another exciting game here uh side note Awesome for the Thursday night brand to have this as their first game since technically the opener wasn't Thursday night football, right? Or whatever, but because Thursday night football is notoriously the worst game of the week, so right, good on good on them to get this one. Um, shout out Jeff Bezos, we all love him, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Thank um, you, Amazon. Thanks, Amazon. But yeah, the uh, the Chargers looked really good in their game against. The Raiders, obviously the Chiefs look really good against the Cardinals. That was a dumb pick by me, <laughs> picking the Cardinals to win that game. Um, but the defensive additions that the Chargers made this offseason uh, cannot go understated. Khalil Mack, like you said, he is the one that sealed the game for the Chargers with a strip sack. And then um, we didn't even get to see J.C. Jackson, their biggest addition in the secondary in this first game. So he's hopefully going to be back in this game against the Chiefs. And uh, I think we're in for some fireworks, and I think the Chargers come out on top. I think Chargers plus three and a half is a good side bet as well, if you're so inclined. Uh, the coin, on the other hand, going with the Chalky Chiefs. So there's that. Up next, Eek. Eek. We have a game that I almost certainly won't be watching unless <laughs> it gets really close at the end. <laughs> That's going to be the New England Patriots going to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Uh, Showtime Mitch came out to play at the end of that game against the Bengals. Uh, you tried to clown me because you thought <laughs> that the Bengals had won that game. And then a bl- blocked PAT happened. We go to overtime. Sucks. Mitch ends up leading a, com- uh, a game-winning drive for the Steelers. So good start to this part of his career. 
for young Mitchell Trubisky. He's still pretty young. I think he's like our age, maybe like a year older. Crazy to think about. But on the other side, uh, the Patriots looked really, really questionable, especially on offense this past week, Um, something we sort of expected. And then Mac Jones is having this thing with his back. He's dealing with back spasms. So we'll see if he even gets to play in this game. I think the the Patriots D will probably give uh, Pittsburgh still some problems, and we might not see a fully healthy uh, Najee Harris for the Steelers in this one, but I'm still going to be going with the Steelers here. Um, I think that Mitch will do enough to get it done with all the weapons he's got around him again. Yeah, I'm also going to go with the Steelers. Um, I think that the, the T. Higgins injury like really was an unfortunate factor in that Cincinnati game. And yeah. I can't help but wonder like what two more quarters of him on the field like would have done for how close it was at the end there. Um, but you know, I still want to give credit to Mitch and the Steelers for like how much of a performance they put up in this game. I thought that they did phenomenally, obviously. And I mean, like, yeah, Mitch is looking really not like you know elite yet or anything like that. But I like this no. has been he's been like. It's just been a great journey to be along for, I guess. I don't know. Just, like, with the way that people talked about him while he was in Chicago and just, like, seeing what he was capable of at the very end there and now, like, him having an opportunity to, like, run a team for real and, like, get to show that off a little bit. I'm just, yeah. For the first time, I mean, I've always been a Mike Tomlin fan. I think I've said that before on the show. But for the first time, I actually enjoy watching the Steelers play. And I think that, yeah, they probably going to be able to handle this game the Patriots still to me are just a very directionless team in general um quite clueless about what sort of means to success they need to facilitate but they have you know the greatest coach of all time so I think they'll figure it out <laughs> but for yeah. this week I'm gonna go with the Pittsburgh Steelers as well all right. The coin is actually going with the Patriots here, trying to uh, starting out trying to go full contrarian this week. We'll see how long that stays. Sick. All right. Cool. Well, the coin is going to go 0-16, I guess. Um, <laughs> next up, we have uh, a team that surprisingly won and a team that had a, a win stolen right under their feet. Um, we have the New York Giants hosting the Carolina Panthers. Shafted, I'd say. Quite, truly shafted. And that uh, that call at the end. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, the roughing the passer call? Is that yeah. what it was? Yeah. Yeah. It's been, like, reviewed, looked over again. In fact, even, like, the coach, like, the ref basically said on the field, like, why it's, according to the rules, not supposed to be a penalty, and then was like, so it's a penalty. Uh, very ridiculous. I feel like this is another thing that happens week one every year. But whatever. I, other than that, I mean, like, I think uh, Baker Mayfield, I, if I remember correctly, I might be pulling this number out of my butt, but I'm pretty sure this is right, had like 125 quarterback rating the last quarter, like a perfect rating for the last quarter of this game. Like, even though for the first three quarters it looked pretty shaky, neither of the teams really had anything figured out, Baker Mayfield, like, really turned up the heat in that last quarter. They finally started using Christian McCaffrey, like, to his full potential. They, like... We're given some nasty balls out to like Bobby Anderson, especially it took like, I think it was like a 96 yard run or something like that. It was a crazy game. So uh, I think like, uh, I'm, I'm really kind of excited about the Panthers right now. And even though we saw the Giants just take this game off of the Titans, it was 
uh, it was a game that barely broke 30 points total that was won by a field goal against the Week 1 Titans. I'm not really going to let that, like, make me think that these Giants are capable of actually putting together yeah. a season at this point. I think, like, neither of these teams really beg for a lot of confidence, but, like, if I'm looking at one of these two right now, like, that I'm confident in winning a Week 2 game, like, it's still the Panthers, and um, I think that they have to be a little upset, like, you know, wearing an 0-1 ranking that pretty much everybody across the board disagrees with online right now, so um, I, I, I think that they're going to want to rectify that against these poor, unfortunate Giants, so I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers here. Yeah, I think we saw how much the coaching change in New York actually is going to benefit them this year, because there's no shot in hell that... Uh, Joe Judge would have went for that two-point conversion at oh, yeah. the end of the game. So that's that's they're trending in the right direction, at least for that. Uh, Saquon Barkley had a monster game for them, so it's really good to see him back to full health and just doing what we've seen him do in the past uh, after these injuries that he's suffered. But I agree with you. If if they didn't convert that two-point conversion, we're not talking about how great of a coach Dayball is. We're not right. talking about uh, how surprising the Giants look and... Or even if uh, if uh, Randy Bullock makes that game-winning field goal, it's only like a 46-yarder that he missed. Mm. So uh, things could have been very different. And I think what we saw with the Panthers was it just took them a little bit of time to get their feet under them. Uh, Baker Mayfield coming in, playing his first game in a new system. He hasn't really been there all that long, like two months or so he's had to get integrated here. But right. uh, like you said, at the, he really got hot towards the end of the game, so he'll be looking to continue that momentum. And I'm going to be going with the Panthers as well here. Hopefully they also rely more on Christian McCaffrey uh, down the stretch in this one. And the coin is going with, you guess it, the Giants. So continuing that streak. Up next, uh, we've got another early game that I will not be watching. We have the New York <laughs> Jets going to Cleveland to take on the Browns. I think the over-under for this game was like 40. Horrible. Uh, this is going to be a horrible product <laughs> that they're putting out on the field here. Um, I guess I'm going to pick... for this game. <laughs> the NFL for producing this football game. Ain't, ain't happening. Um, <laughs> I think... The Browns will win. They will run the ball a lot. We'll see some good games from Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. On the other side of the ball, we might see Joe Flacco throw the ball 59 times again like he did in week one. And uh, that's just not a recipe for success in 2022. So I'm going Browns. <laughs> yeah, I'm also going to be going Browns here. Yeah, I think like sort of talking about the game uh, against the Panthers, um, what like but between the penalty, uh, like the game breaking penalty, and also just like the difficulty surrounding like Baker's comfort, like you said, I think that both of those reasons kind of are pretty easy reasons to write off like this this first win for the Browns. I suppose I think like that game looked pretty much exactly like everybody expected it to from the Browns side of the ball. Even though I will say like Jacoby Brissett had a couple pretty imp impressive throws that I didn't really expect from him. Um, for the most part, it was a lot about just facilitating the game, like, through Kareem Hunt and moving it down the field, taking, like, little second and three throws every now and then when you need to. But um, I think that, like, that sort of very simple game plan has worked infinitely times against the Jets. They just, like... like 
man, like all you need to do is have some fundamentals <laughs> to beat this team. It's actually kind of sad. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna sad. go. I'm gonna go with the Browns. <laughs> I'm I'm just very happy I wasn't born a Jets fan. Just me think too. How, think how rough that would be in this day and age. There's a uh, a very funny Curb Your Enthusiasm episode about that because they're all like all the comedians who live in Cali on Curb are from New York and uh, yeah. <laughs> I might actually edit this out, but one of their friends kills themselves because he's a Jets fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> And then, like, Larry tries to hook up with his, like, widow, and when they're, like, making out, the Jets game is on in the background, he's like, I can't believe these freaking guys. And she's like, are you complaining about the Jets, Larry? Get out of here! (laughs) (laughs) It's incredible. Uh, Looks like the coin decided to trust us for once. Yeah, the coin going with the Browns here. Uh, breaking that contrarian streak. Even the coin knows to pick against the Jets. He's just a Watson fan. All right, next up we have Jacksonville. <laughs> we have uh, two winless AFC South teams, the Jacksonville Jaguars hosting the 0-0-1 Indianapolis Colts. Um, and what what can you say about tying the Texans week one? <laughs> 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 I'll say this. Davis Mills looked hungry, and um, I don't think that the Indianapolis defense has had to deal with him playing that hot yet. Um, that was, to me, the first real like a <laughs> performance up against this defense that he's put up so far. Um, Matt Ryan was kind of whatever, I, I thought, um, and the injuries with their wide receiver room right now is a bummer, but Jonathan Taylor is like so good, and I also like expected Matt Ryan to be kind of whatever. I wish they hadn't had, like... I wish they hadn't had that game. But also, like... I mean, you said it last week. Colts have been winless in week one since 2013. And yep. there's been so many playoff seasons since then. So, like... I think that this is, like, the easiest team historically to not, like, freak out about, like, a week one loss. And it wasn't even a loss. It was a tie. So, um... Like, hey, we're though, doing better than the last few years. That's true. We got a tie. This is improvement. Look at this. <laughs> you upset with a tie? What's the matter with you? So, I, yeah, I feel pretty good about uh, them still. The Jags just lost to the Commies. <laughs> and, and you know who their quarterback is? It's ridiculous. Losing to that team? I can't believe it. So, uh, if they can lose to a team that just fired... If they can lose to Carson Wentz, I think that they can lose to the team that just fired Carson Wentz. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, not a whole lot of analysis to offer here, but this is the Colts versus Jags week two, so I think everyone knows I'm going Colts. Yeah, it sucks because the Jags really had some chances to win that game and just really fumbled them away, literally. Um, but uh, the Colts really didn't look all that different with Matt Ryan under center versus having Carson Wentz under center last season, so they're certainly hoping that changes throughout the course of this year. But, um... Talent's gonna win out here. The Colts are the more talented team, as my son exclaims in the background. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm obviously gonna be going with the Colts here as well. Um, if I could type into the spreadsheet, that would be sensational. Um, the coin is gonna be going with the Jags, so mm. picking up where he left off before the Browns game. Up next, we've got. 
the Miami Dolphins at 1-0 going to take on the 1-0 Baltimore Ravens. Both of these teams' offenses look pretty good in week one, uh, albeit the Ravens were playing the lowly Jets, so not sure that's saying much. While Miami continued their win streak against New England, I believe uh, Tua is now 4-0 against the Patriots. So They're also neat. the first team to beat Bill Belichick's Patriots four times in a row, which is crazy. Wow, I hadn't seen that. That's very impressive. Yeah. Um, I think uh, we saw, from what we what we saw from Lamar in this game against the Jets, I know it was against the Jets, but I think we're just going to be seeing this version of Lamar all year. And I think this is a guy we're going to see in the MVP race, just like he is pretty much every year he's doing his thing. And I think mm. the Ravens are going to look really silly for not being able to get a deal done uh, before the end of um, the offseason this year. Um, the Dolphins, I mean, Tua didn't have the most incredible game ever, but he did enough with his stacked offense to give the Dolphins a win, like I talked about. But I think the Ravens definitely look like the better team, and I'm going to be going with them here. Yeah, I completely agree with what you said about Lamar and the MVP race. I feel like Lamar, like, I, this This is probably why I've lauded that title for him so much in these last few years. Like, he really embodied, like, what it meant to be the most valuable i feel like it's like he is the ravens like in a way that i that i don't feel about any other player in this league right now and um i i think like on the other side of the ball you have tua who like wants to be the dolphins so bad and like has just like I, i think has just had one of the most unfortunate like matchups against confidence that we've like seen from a quarterback in a really long time um this weekend i saw like there was this really interesting narrative coming up on r slash nfl where a lot of people were talking about tua looking like really unconfident and like oh yeah well like even that fourth quarter like you know he didn't really look that good and he had some like red zone ed and all this stuff blah 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 like like the dude like is this is week one with the new head coach and we've talked on and off about like him being musical chaired by Brian Flores all last season, like while he was like clearly dealing with some confidence issues, like so I think this is just going to be like, this team to me like is ready for him to like step up into that position, but I'm not like even blaming him for not being ready for it yet because I just think that that's like a much bigger task than a lot of people realize for Tua, like it's just. That that sort of is going to be the thing that defines that team. So, like, kind of looking at these two teams right now, I think that, like, these are... They both have absurd potential, and neither of them are really doing the work to... Well, one of them is trying to... One of them is trying to, like, for the first time, do the work to, like, support their quarterback, and the other one is, like, trying for the first time to not support their quarterback. And I think that, like... Because of that, Lamar, he's just going to be a little bit more comfortable with the system. I think that he's going to look a, bit, a little bit more explosive in this game. I also think that, like, uh, the Dolphins' defense, like, even though it's looked really solid in a lot of their wins, like, in the second half of last season and, like, their win against the Patriots, like, they tend to win really well against, like, run-heavy teams and, like, one-dimensional defenses. And, I mean, one-dimensional offenses, and that's just, like, not what the Ra- Ravens are going to bring to the table against yep. them this weekend. So, yeah, I- I'm going to be going Baltimore here. But I would love to see Tua, like, be the better player on the on the day in this game. It's just a, a tall order. Very tall. Um, talk about him 
Lamar embodying the MVP of the league. Um, we, if you go back to his rookie season, he's got his first start in 2018 in week 11. At that point, the Ravens were four and five on the outside looking into the playoff picture. They went five and one down the stretch and finished 10 and six, made the playoffs, and then they were the number one seed in the AFC the next year. So yeah. just nothing but success since Lamar's been their starter. Um, so get it together over there, Baltimore. The Agreed. coin is going with the Dolphins in this one. Love it. Where did the coin, coin with Jags too? So it's just this Browns pick. Just the Browns pick. Yeah, like you said, coin really, really loves Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Gosh. Next up, we have like truly my favorite divisional matchup to watch between teams I like normally don't root for. I I Where love Buccaneers Saints. Yeah, just pain. It was pain everywhere. <laughs> keep on pushing, pushing through and being resilient. <laughs> they are going to keep on pushing through. We have the New York, yeah, oh my gosh, New Orleans Saints, um, I think hosting, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, both of these teams 1-0, making this division of sad sacks look, make, look like it's worth something, perhaps. <laughs> um, you know, on this show, we've talked about this being a division race, and not a lot of other people are saying it's a division race. Um... Jameis, I think, is getting rightfully credited for his leadership over this team uh, the, in the second half this weekend because he was he looked crazy to me. Um, but also, I think, just in general, like it's been such a foregone conclusion that Tampa Bay is just always going to have a grip on this division as long as Tom Brady is here. And like you said, like this line issue um, is coming to into factor for the first time uh of course both of these teams are dealing with like new coaching staffs right now so uh yeah a lot of a lot of discomfort on both sides i guess i i don't know i i like i want to pick the saints like really badly um and i will <laughs> i think i'm going to i think i'm gonna pick the saints dang I, it like, the the thing is is like they're they're if I'm not mistaken they did go two and zero in the matchup last year right yeah yep, so, two and zero last year and two and zero the year before right so ever since Jameis has left yeah he's he's had the number of Tampa um and yeah I like yeah it's funny like it's I just think that like like I said like this division is so much more up in the air than anybody else is giving it credit for and I think that this game is where we're really gonna see that come to pass um yeah I'm gonna go New Orleans. Yeah, I'm going New Orleans as well here. I was really hoping you'd pick the Bucks and <laughs> give us our first disagreement. But yeah, the Saints are going to win this game like 10-3. to 3. It's going to be yeah. ugly. Uh, but they just have had the, the Bucks number these last couple of years. So not going to be uh, too surprising to see it. I'm hoping that Jameis starts to look more comfortable um, like he did in the second half of that Falcons game with these weapons that he's got now. And uh, hopefully Alvin Kamara is able to get a little more involved because... Uh, he was dealing with a bit of a rib issue, we heard, from head coach Dennis Allen. So hopefully that is uh, not plaguing him as much in this game. And we're able to see the Alvin Kamara of old. Um, but I think the Saints defensive front is really just going to uh, take advantage of that depleted Bucks O-line. And uh, it's going to be a low-scoring game. That's all. Yeah. That's all. So. <laughs> and the coin is going with the Saints as well in this one. So. All right. Up next, we've got another barn burner, the Washington Commanders (laughs) 
taking on the Detroit Lions in Motor City. Uh, Lions put up 35 on my Eagles in week one. Not what I wanted to see as an Eagles fan. Happy to get that dub nonetheless. Uh, Carson Wentz won his revenge game against Doug Peterson in their opener. He actually, he was a quarterback. I mentioned this on Super Fantasy Brothers. Go check that show out already if you haven't. But uh, he was the quarterback three in fantasy football this week. (laughs) He had over 300 yards, four touchdowns. He had two really ugly picks that were very... Carson Wincyan, but oh, that's fine. Um, Everybody else in the league had way more uglier picks, so <laughs> yeah. it's all good. <laughs> so, I mean, not a bad start to the uh, Carson Wentz Winch <laughs> Carson Wentz uh, commies career. Here. <laughs> but um, I think this Lions team, while you know they haven't exactly been the picture of success these last few years either i think they're gonna be more frisky than the jags were and uh, give the commies some more um some more fits than the jags were able to so i'm actually gonna be going with the lions here yeah i'm also gonna go with the lions um (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) i'm sorry uh something i want to take the scores and make sure i'm right about this if i'm not mistaken yeah okay that's what i thought so only four teams broke 30 points this week, and two of them were in that Eagles-Lions game, which, yeah, I, I think, like, if there was any game, you know, looking across the board that was going to, like, become a 60-point barn burner, I think everyone certainly would have expected it to be our season opener on Thursday night. Um, the Bills did, you know, break that that beautiful, beautiful barrier, but the Rams failed to do what they've done so many times before. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, the Lions, you know, like... You can say whatever you want to say about the Eagles defense, like not having a great day or whatever, but, you know, we've talked about these offenses, like looking not very comfortable together. And the Lions were one of the four teams that scored 30 points on the weekend. So it's like, I think that there might be a secret amount of comfort among this team. I mean, a lot of these players like have been together for a while. Jared Goff, this is his second year starting here. Um, They just got that huge addition to the line as well. Like, I, I don't know. I think like this offense might... I'm not going to say that they're, like, great, but I think, like, they might have a little bit more chemistry under their belt than a lot of people give them credit for. I mean, I think anybody watching Hard Knocks knows, like, that that that's what the narrative around this team is right now, that they're, like, scaling into it together or whatever. And, um, yeah, I mean, after that performance last week, like, you have to think that they're hungry, hungry, hungry for a win. So uh, I'm going to go with the Lions. No Carson Wentz picking for me. <laughs> I'm trying to quit my Carson Wentz picking. (laughs) Uh, The coin making this the third unanimous decision of the week, also picking the Lions. Next up, we have the San Francisco 49ers hosting the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Dino Smith, he did not write back this week, and I'll tell you what. uh, Does anybody know what that means? No, but (laughs) bars nonetheless. (laughs) Uh, I mean, he looks great, dude. Uh, he was, like, practically a running back. I was texting my cousin Owen about it, and he was like, yeah, Drew Locke is going to be starting by week four because this guy's going to break every bone in his body running at every play. But, uh, <laughs> like, I, he looked pretty good. I, I thought that, um, I don't know why Pete Carroll suddenly decided to, like, start showing confidence in, like, a quarterback's on-field decision-making, but it looked like Geno made a lot of good decisions on the field. So, like... I am pleasantly surprised with that team. I will say 
their passing game was what was not ish at all. Um, but uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, what's the name of their running back? Um, Rashad Penny. Yeah, Rashad Penny. That's right. Yeah, I thought that he looked phenomenal, even though they had a couple classic Pete Carroll one yard nothing plays. But um, man, I, yeah, he he looked like he had some insane amount of burst on a lot of those runs. So yeah. that was cool to see for him. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I it also just kind of struck out as even though, like I said, there were a couple like stifled plays, like, and even though he did get a good amount of the workload, especially I guess because Geno Smith was also doing like so many runs himself, like. It really seemed like they weren't going to just, like, default rely on him the way that we, like, expected them to, you know what I mean? Like, they were kind of intelligently, like, relying on the run game. And, yeah, I don't know, all in all, even though it was, like, a 17-point game, but, like, barely beating your old QB week one and at home, like, uh, it was, I think, a pretty good showing for Seattle. And if I, I think that, like, fans who were freaking out, like, coming into this year, like, um, at least... I, I don't think that this is going to be the worst team in the league, for sure. Uh, probably not even bottom three uh, or, or five, really. Uh, the 49ers, however, I think for a team that got so many top five nods across the board, really just, like, we're having a hard time putting it together this week. Going 10 and 19, I believe, right, against the Bears. Um, Trey Lance, no TDs, one interception. So just not really, like, that insane performance you would expect from him for his first game of leading this team what's up what do you want to say i will say that i'm almost willing to just kind of throw out the results of this game just because of the environmental conditions i mean the field was like under underwater pretty much and uh, neither <laughs> uh, of the towel. offenses really yeah somebody got a flag for trying to towel water <laughs> off the field but uh, neither of these offenses really got to do probably what they game planned around so i'm i'm not throwing in like the i'm not pressing the panic button on on trey lance just yet but yeah i, agree. Um, I just think uh all, all this to say i guess i think both of these teams came out of the gate like with distinctly different looks than people kind of thought that they were going to show in week one. Um, so like that kind of opens the door for this, like, Oh, so are we going to see that continue to manifest or like the Seahawks going to re-enter the conversation in this division and take this game? I really don't think so. Uh, like they're going to San Francisco. If I'm not mistaken, like the 49ers have had an insane record in division for the last few years. Like that's been like one of the things keeping them in the conversation the most. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know right now I'm feeling, I, I think that like after that game, you know, there is a lot of questions about just like what this offense is going to try to put together. And like you said, like with not being able to do it because of the conditions and stuff like that, like certainly going to be looking to, to give a better showing. And also the Seahawks defense like was not, Really, like I, I thought that like the even though like they had a lot of unremarkable moments, the Broncos defense to me actually kind of ended up being the more impressive one on the night because of like how many like clutch sacks and um, like, pushing them back thirty yards on that like one drive that ended up having to be a, a field goal instead of a TD. So yeah, I, I don't think that the Seattle defense really showed much of anything this weekend, and I think that the Forty Niners are probably going to be able to bounce back here. Yeah, so I I wanted to check on this because I was pretty sure the Seahawks have kind of had the Niners numbers 
number over the last few years. And sure enough, four in a row the Seahawks have taken oh against the gosh, Niners. I forgot about that. Yeah. And five out of the last six. So I'm going to pick the 49ers still because yeah. <laughs> they're still a much better roster from top to bottom. Um, I'm still going to take Trey Lance over Geno Smith uh, even at this point. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think a 10-point spread is necessarily warranted. I think maybe it's a little closer than that. But uh, I definitely do like the Niners in this one, and I think we'll get to see what they actually want to look like on offense this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the coin <laughs> in this one is going with the Seahawks. Brilliant. All right. Uh, Magnificent. And, and now for more NFC West, the Los Angeles Rams playing the Atlanta Falcons. Two 0-1 teams. So basically, these are the same level strength. Of They're teams. just as good as each other. Yeah. <laughs> these are these are basically the same level team. Um, yeah. So NFL.com power rankings be like. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, yeah, the Rams are going to be ranked 17th on so many articles this week. Um, yeah, so the Rams game, uh, Stafford was throwing picks left and right. I mean, Stafford things, obviously, but, uh, I think not to lift a point that from Chris Collinsworth, because like, God forbid I agree with him too much, but he was (laughs) like really pushing on how like hurt (laughs) and the, and like the open field, that cup was by not having like Bobby Woods or um, OBJ making space for him on the other side. And now here's a guy that could use some more space on the field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, he just got me like, uh, I bet they're wish they had signed OBJ. <laughs> but I mean, I gotta say, <laughs> I do think the Rams probably wish they had signed OBJ during that game because like, man, every like hit, like, the Bills' defense just knew, like, this is where the ball is going, and they did something about it, like, over and over again. And I think, like, granted, the Bills' defense, everybody lauded last year as being, like, one of the best in the league. So this isn't, like, a just-win-forehead game plan, but, like, I think that, that they have exposed a huge weakness for the Rams' offense in this game. Just by, like, I think that, like, the Rams have kind of unexpectedly regressed back to, well, we know... Stafford plus cup works and we'll like yeah. build some more out around that. Um, which I didn't really want, you know, from the reigning Super Bowl champs, it's kind of a frustrating showing from them. Um, I, I wanted that game to be a lot closer and it just wasn't, I mean, I wanted the bills to win and, but you know, we picked the Rams, both of us did. So I think like we both expected that to be an absolute barn burner. And even though Aaron Donald had a couple good plays, I think also like Von Miller, like, like was the best defensive player in that game. Oh, and yeah. So like the the Rams defense is also going to be a little bit weaker this year. So I I think like yeah I don't this this team is not winning the Super Bowl this year. Like I, as as confidently as I said it last year, I'm saying this time I don't think it's going to happen. But I mm. think they're going to be in the discussion. Uh, maybe they can put it back together. I mean I want to see it, but like I think that right now they're just like they just have so much like money and skill, and like the fact that like their game plan kind of is lacking at the moment is like being made up for but they have sean mcfay so you know yeah. i think i think it can end up fine they're playing against the falcons this week who um lost to the saints and a pretty close game almost ended up beating them um but 
you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Marcus Mariota. Unsurprisingly, a lot on the running game. Um, and I think that even though the like Buffalo line was protecting the hell out of Josh Allen, I don't think that the same is going like could be said for Marcus Mariota this weekend. And I don't think you can say the same for what's going to happen to him uh, when they play against the Rams this weekend. I think that Aaron Donald is probably going to return to his keen form. And uh, I, this, yeah, like, like we've said, like the Falcons are just, so unimpressive on both sides of the ball right now. Like, I think even though the Rams are going to have to work hard to start beating top tier game, t- top tier teams again, like these kinds of games, like they, like they have, they already paid for this win. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my take on the, Oh, what's up, dude. I think my take on the, uh, Stafford to cup connection was, I think it, it was almost to their detriment how well it worked last year, because mm-hmm. once, Stafford got flustered in this game. He just was hyper-targeting Cup. He was just forcing it to him in every situation. Um, I think that was detrimental. But uh, I expect a big bounce-back game here from the Rams on both sides of the ball, as you mentioned. I I don't expect to see Jalen Ramsey looking like burnt toast for a second week in a row. So uh, I think the Falcons were a pleasant surprise how close they played the Saints, how competitive that game was. And uh, hopefully they're just not as bad as we thought they would be. I mean, and I'm going to be cheering for Marcus Mariota's success. You know how much I love the the island of misfit quarterbacks <laughs> and how oh, yeah. much I've been talking about all of them. This offseason, <laughs> I like Atlanta but, teams uh, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not so much me on that side, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh I think the Rams take this one, and I think they are are going to want to make a statement after that embarrassment they had on their home turf in Week One. All right, Coin also going with the Rams house. Rams house. Wow, I was thinking of their their chant they do. Whose house? The Bills house. That's whose house. Up next, we've got the Arizona Cardinals going to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. Uh, the Cardinals. Did not look very good on, especially the defensive side of the ball against the Kansas City Chiefs in Week One, allowing the highest point total of the week. Um, meanwhile, the Raiders on the other side played a very competitive game with the Chargers. I think they were losing the whole time. However, uh, we're not able to overcome that. Uh, Devonte Adams had 17 targets in his first game with Derek Carr on this new squad. So maybe that's a sign of things to come for this season. Um, sort of like a Stafford to Cup thing, just mm. hyper-targeting him. Um, the Cardinals, I think, will probably look better on offense this week. Um, they weren't really able... They scored 21 points against the Chiefs, so it really wasn't all doom and gloom. But uh, you could just tell they were a little out of sorts. Um, Kyler Murray probably needs to study a little more film this week. Uh, I'm not sure if... Uh, maybe they shouldn't have taken that out of the contract, but... I'm I'm gonna be going with the Raiders in this one. I think the Raiders, um, I think they're the better team this year, and I just wasn't impressed with what we saw from the Cardinals in that Week One game against the Chiefs. Yeah, um, I <laughs> you talked about um, the amount of targets that went to Devontae Adams in this game. Something I think is really interesting is to me, like the movement for Tyree Kill and the movement for Devontae Adams this season are kind of like one to one and like 
QBs they're going from and, like, teams they're going from to, like, QBs and teams they're going to, you know what I mean? Like, but yeah, in the fantasy world, but in the fantasy world, the amount of, like, worry around Tyree Kill is, like, three to one the amount of worry around, like, Devontae Adams because even though I think, like, people are kind of looking at, like, the Dolphins and Raiders at, with, like, maybe not huge parity, but some degree of parity, um, like, the Raiders' offense, I think at this point, just much more clearly speaks to, like, immediately putting in, like, just, like, this being, like, not necessarily a, like, piece that you're introducing into the offense, but, like, we, hey, please come catch all of our balls for us, um, type signing, and it worked really well, um, and like you said, like, the Cardinals' defense did not look very good this week, and the Chargers' defense, I think, uh, like you said, with that like a uh, clutch strip uh, sack at the end of the game from Cleo Mack, and also just like them like focusing a lot on uh, like sorry my my head is really foggy right now I apologize. Oh my God. <sighs> okay, I'm just gonna start over. But yeah, especially like uh, like you mentioned with that strip sack from Cleo Mack being like what was the game winning play. I think that like the Chargers defense like had a much better showing uh, than the, like, Cardinals did last weekend. And for that reason, like, I think that the uh, Raiders, on paper, like, should be expected to be able to breathe a lot more in this game. I think that this game is probably going to end up being, like, a much higher scoring one than that last game was. Like, just because the Cardinals are kind of usually, like, trying to play those types of Eagles versus Lions, like, 35 to 37 games anyway. Um, And, yeah, like I said, I just, like... Devontae Adams already looked like a huge solution for this offense against like defense that they had like that they were struggling against. So I I, I don't think that they're gonna have to worry about that this week. And um, yeah, maybe Derek Carr will be able to earn a little bit of credit looking looking like a potentially better game runner than Kyler Murray in this one. All right. I'm so happy we've agreed on every game so far. The coin is going with the Cardinals in this one. And with that, we open the floor to Jacob to talk about the Broncos. (laughs) Real friends, Wolves, all all this at FML. I've been listening to Tilaf on repeat today, man. It is well. I would say it's a sad time to be a Broncos fan, but I, <laughs> but that's always no, that's kidding. always. So uh, it's actually not. I mean, you know, I if this week goes bad, oh my gosh, then I guess we're really gonna have. Well, to I'm start just gonna talking. keep. I'm just gonna keep that playing throughout the entire episode next week if they lose it, this one. If this one goes bad, then I like. I mean, we're hunger striking. Like I don't know what else to say. Like it. it I. I I, I'm not concerned really about this one. I'm like pissed. Don't get me wrong. I'm really pissed. But I think like the Seahawks really wanted to beat Russ by one week one at home. And I'm just kind of like, okay, oh, yeah. whatever. That was their Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. My dad, like I was texting my dad about like basically what I said earlier, just Russ looking, you know, kind of uncomfortable with some of his options and like talking about the Tim Patrick thing. And my dad like offered much more like uh like simple view on it which was just like 
I, I have not seen Russ look like he wants to be here yet tonight. <laughs> it just seemed like the crowd mm. was like really coming for him and just kind of like, you know, honestly, like even though like when the game first dropped, I was like really excited about the scheduling, just like to kind of put myself in Russ's shoes. Like, you know, he obviously like he's expected to take over this team and all that, but like playing this like awkward, like revenge game when there's not even really beef and they're both just kind of trying to like move on and it's week one and all the fans are like, we all have to get out there and like yell at Russ and like clearly on the field, he didn't even like, feel that confident in a lot of his options like i said it's just like it just didn't seem like like i i think he probably much would have preferred to play this game in like november like when yeah. both of these teams kind of had some things together and like it just anybody right and like just the i don't know how much this matters to him but the fact that anybody could now be like oh i guess the seahawks like came out on the right side of this is like mm. kind of really frustrating i yeah. guess um so I don't know, man. It's just like I think that like they've signed him for seven years. He everybody's talking really highly about him on the field. He seems to love Hackett. I mean, I haven't even gotten into. Oh my gosh, man! <laughs> that, <laughs> like that, uh, that awesome display of head coaching and time management. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like literally, like I want Vic Fangio managing our clock more. It's ridiculous. But I I don't know like if he'll get yelled at or what for that that seems like some a mistake that you can only make once i hope um but like every now and then russ like had five seconds in the pocket and seemed to be given a competent play call and the field was kind of quiet and then he like <laughs> threw it for 64 yards to jerry judy so it's like <laughs> you know like the we had some terrible terrible red zone ed like you said earlier at like five trips to the red zone uh, two field goals to show for it. Yippee Kaye! What, what a good, what a good game. Um, I and then that field yeah, goal to the, turn the one possession game into a one possession game <laughs> towards yeah. the end of the fourth quarter. There, yeah, man. And then, and then also like all that like clock like I've heard some people say that apparently the clock stuff was like for like they had decided like a minute earlier to like try and go for like. Tying for like the 65 yard field goal, which would have tied his best ever and beat his best as a Bronco. And again, it's like, well, like on game day, I mean, and again, it's like, so what? Like, so a minute and a half ago in this game, you decided that like the win condition is a 65 yard field goal instead of Russell Wilson. I just don't understand that. Yeah. So uh, I'm hoping that this was just like a really like rough time like it was just an unfortunate first game and that they're gonna like that they got it out of the way and that they're gonna keep looking fine because again like during those little moments it looks it looked so great and like everybody who i wanted to see have a good night had at least one like insanely good moment like bradley chubb had a monstrous sack at the end of the game um Jerry Judy looked phenomenal. Cortland looked really good. So Javante, I, everybody was talking about how great both of our running backs looked in that game. So uh, against the Texans here, who, like I said earlier, looked pretty hungry against the Colts. Um, this is going to be like a tough matchup, unfortunately, just because like the Broncos, I think are still kind of coming into it. But like I said earlier, like it's all over for everybody's hype for this team. If you lose to two, like, predicted to be bottom five teams oh yeah 
in a row. It's, a, if, it's, it's yeah. doom and gloom already if they lose this one. If they lose this for one, sure. like, like Sports Center will not talk about us for the Super Bowl again this year. Like it's over. Like it's so like I I I think they they realize that it's in Mile High. It's the Texans. Uh, come on, dude. <laughs> come on, man. Like I, 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 for that reason, I'll be picking the Texans. No. <laughs> I'm I'm picking the Broncos, but man, oh why? I like I don't, I had gotten so settled into this like we're gonna be good that I just kind of I, like. As pissed as I am, I haven't even really been, like, depresso about it because I've just, like, it's made me realize, like, okay, like, there is work to be done, like, reforming this franchise still, like, and it's not just going to come down to, like, the roster. Um, I guess that work begins this week, <laughs> and I'm going to take the Broncos. Yeah, I'm going to take the Broncos as well. No shocker here. Um, I think the, the booing from the crowd in Seattle is kind of whack. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy that's been a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback for you for the past decade, and the first time he comes back into the building, you're going to boo him like that. And yeah. it's not like he had a problem with the city of Seattle. It's not like he had a problem with the fan base. The, all the beef was just between him and Pete Carroll, not really having the same outlook on how the team should, uh, how, how all the offense should be run. Oh, right. tripping over my words here. Um, but unfortunately they get a little confirmation bias that oh we we chose like you said we chose the right side here pete carroll over russell wilson um mm-hmm. i i certainly don't expect that to be the case or even close to the case for the uh remainder of the season here and uh, i think the broncos start to get on the right track this week uh lucky for them they're playing the texans this week because imagine if they had lost and then they had to come and play like the chiefs, the chiefs. Arrowhead yeah. or something. <laughs> yes. man so um a good bit of scheduling uh Goodness here for them. Can't the think Broncos, of a like, word. almost never play the Chiefs. Or like, I feel like both of our Chiefs matchups are in the second half of the season. Like almost every year. Oh yeah. For some reason. It seems like that. It's sort of like the uh, Eagles with the Giants. The coin going with the Texans here. Um, so that's crazy. But let's move on to the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals going to take on the Dallas Cowboys. Dak is going to be out. I've heard anywhere from four to six weeks after that surgery he had to repair his thumb on his throwing hand. So it's the it's the Cooper Rush show down there in Dallas, unless like that uh, TikTok suggested that you sent to me. <laughs> they go back to the Ben DiNucci well. Ben um, Ben DiNucci. I think uh, that name is more fun to say, so I hope they go with him. But either way, um, as a Cowboys hater, I think you would have a lot of fun watching him be their starting. Oh quarterback. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I think, as a matter of fact, yeah, I'm leaning into that. They should definitely just get Ben DiNucci back in Dallas. But yeah, the season is uh, looking like it's almost over, right as it starts for the Cowboys. So uh, while I hate it for Dak, I love it for uh, Cowboys fans. <laughs> um, but. I think the Bengals are going to have just, all right, man, chill out over there, are just going to have a day with the uh, Cowboys offensive line. I think Cooper Rush is going to be under pressure all day making mistakes, and I think that uh, the Bengals offense led by Joe Burrow is going to have a bounce back week here, and I think we're going to see a bit of a beatdown. So, uh, I mean, and the sports books are showing that too, the uh, Bengals are a touchdown favorite on the road against the Cowboys. So, yeah, our um, <laughs> slash NFL players. Um, I I literally only use Reddit for the last four months of the year every year because this is when 
football and league communities are actually fun to look at. Uh, hmm. The Cowboys flares I saw were <laughs> passing around that 2025 is the new year that they're all looking forward to. So it seems, <laughs> seems like the Cowboys fans are... I've not only given up on this year, but went ahead and gave up on the next few as well. When I saw that Dak got injured, like, I, I like, guffawed. Like, it's the only word I could describe for, like, the noise I made. Because it's just like, of, of course he did. Of course Dak is out for six to eight weeks already. It's just, like, exactly what you'd expect to see from the Cowboys. The notorious week one season enders. But um, I want to read you my favorite tweet of the week. This comes from uh, a local news sports guy, I guess, from Cincinnati. He tweeted this two hours after the Bengals lost. Joe, Joe Burrow hasn't showered, hasn't changed, still wearing most of his uniform, and sitting at his locker staring forward since the game ended. And then he followed up an hour later and says, press is gone, the rest of the team is gone, there's still Joe staring at his locker. So, <laughs> so Joe Burrow died inside this week. Uh... Wanted at man, it's just like in a game where you threw five picks, one of your like most reliable offensive weapons goes out with a concussion in the second quarter. Your kicker misses a field goal after you lead a game winning series, and then you almost have another game winning series. Like, I, I, I know Joe Burrow's like grind set for this game. And I didn't even need to see that tweet to know that that dude was, like, dead inside after that game. Like, I, like, Joe Burrow is, like, just got hit while he was in Cinderella countering, and there's, like, fire swirling around him now, and, like, it's all, it's all over with. Like, the frustration is coming out. The Cowboys have no way to prepare for it. Um, I, I think that, like, as like much of a flimsy talking point, like this team is like wants to play because they just lost can be sometimes like <laughs> the, like Joe Burrow is, he, he, I, I know that he wants this win more than anything else right now. Um, after that oh, game yeah. and I, and I'm looking forward to seeing him get it. So I'll say get it. the one Avenue that the Cowboys have for keeping this a close game is if, Micah Parsons continues to shine the way he already started to against the the Buccaneers last week. He looks like the real deal, unfortunately, for that Cowboys defense. So uh, just keep that in mind. Uh, the coin is going with the Cowboys in this one. Wow, coin really leaning into this <laughs> contrarian thing this week. It's pretty funny. That is pretty funny. All right, next up we have, yeah, I guess probably the worst primetime game of the week, but it's still kind of an exciting one. Um, the Green Bay Packers seeing the Chicago Bears. Um, yeah, I mean, one of these teams is 1-0, and it's the obvious one. It's um, Obviously, Justin Fields and that spectacular squad of offensive players he's got around him. Swimming it down the field this last week. Um, yeah, Green Bay lost to Minnesota, and... Not only did they lose to Minnesota, but Aaron Rodgers threw his first pick to an NFC West. Uh, sorry, to an NFC North team in almost three years. Um, really crazy stat. Really, really crazy stat. Covering both of his uh, MVP seasons. Which, by the way, like I, I'm still in the boat that Derrick Henry and Cooper Cup, respectively, were both robbed for the MVP titles in these last couple of years. However, I do think Aaron Rodgers 
certainly was the second best candidate both of those years, and they showed, man, they showed, like, last two seasons, 81 TDs, 9 interceptions. It's just, like, in two MVP titles. Just absolutely absurd, man. It blows my mind. Um, but, yeah, maybe things are starting to change just a little bit. I mean, I think everyone has known that the Vikings have kind of been, like, really putting together this game plan to start getting his number finally. Um, and I'm not surprised they were the first ones to do it. But, you know, I know that these other defenses have to be looking at, like, I the Bears and Lions, who both are coming into the season a lot more scrappy than you would have expected them to at the end of last year, have to be like, oh, my gosh, wait, like, we're, we're beating the Packers now? Like, we're, mm-hmm. taking, we're taking good performances off of Aaron Rodgers? I don't think it's going to happen. Don't get me wrong. But I think that, like... There is going to be some narrative hype for this game because, like, with the Bears taking this, like, surprise win against the 49ers with all of the other factors in it, um, and the Packers, like, having another rough start. I just remember last year, like, I mean, granted, last year's opening game was way, way, way worse, but it seemed like almost immediately, like, people were kind of writing off the Packers. Um, I think if this game, like... If the Bears' defense, like, plays somehow to the same level that we saw them play against, like, the pretty hindered 49ers offense last year, I mean, sorry, last week, then it could potentially put together a win in this game. But, like, the amount of production I expect out of Aaron Rodgers just completely shadows what I'd expect from Justin Fields. And even in this, like, oh, my gosh, they won this game, they beat the 49ers, like... Even if there weren't other factors, it was still only 19 points. <laughs> like this is yeah. still a very unimpressive offense. I don't really think that they're going to be able to put up a showing remotely similar to what the Vikings were able to do. Like in order to end up being like the better offense on the day. So even if they do end up being potentially the better defense here, I don't think that that's going to matter. So I'm I'm going to go with the uh, Packers. I can't help but think how much different that game against the Vikings would have turned out if the Packers' first offensive play, you know, Christian Watson, their second-round rookie, is just streaking down the sideline wide open. Aaron Rodgers drops in a perfect bomb right into his hands. Easy touchdown, except for the fact that he dropped it, and that just really set the tone for their offense for the rest of the game. I think that we're going to see a, a huge bounce back. Like you like you said, it gets a, a little bit of a tired trope, like, oh, we're going to see this good team bounce back after they had a bad loss. But seriously, I think that Aaron Rodgers probably throws for four touchdowns this week, yeah. and the Packers sort of embarrass the Bears on Sunday Night Football is my take. Yep, for sure. What is the coin's take? The coin is going with the Green Bay Packers in this one. So for once, getting off of that contrarian slide. Um, Up next, we've got the game that I talked about in our bet on it segment. The Tennessee Titans are the first of two Monday night football games this week. Going to Buffalo to take on the Bills. What a doubleheader, though, for real. Bangers. Bangers. I'm going (laughs) with... Would you like a banger? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I'm going with the Bills. <laughs> I'm going with the Bills to take this game over the Titans. Um, they're they looked like the much better team in Week One. Although this kind of feels like a trap. We talked about this earlier. This is the exact type of game that the Titans are going to win. But 
I'm trusting my eyes and my heart this week. I'm going with the Bills. Um, they look like... I mean, I was a little cautious because everybody was already making them the team to beat in the offseason. So I was a little cautious before last week, but it's definitely warranted. I mean, Josh Allen already looks like the MVP, just like everybody was talking about before the season. And uh, Von Miller, I really slept on how big of an addition he was going to be for this defense. Just They were a good defense last year, but they weren't really getting home on pass rush as much. And Von Miller just makes it so... Not only does he get to the quarterback easy just because of how great of a pass rusher he is. He makes it easier for all the other guys on the line too. So, um, and the whole O-line is like, Oh my God, where's, where's Von, Von Miller? Miller? <laughs> exactly. So that allows some of the other guys to get some shine. And then like, I was worried again about the bills last week. They were going to be missing Tredavious white, their top cornerback. He's going to be out for three more weeks at least after being put on the injured reserve. But they had some questionable young guys out there, but they really performed well. So I'm excited to see just how high the Bills can go this season. Yeah. Um, I thought briefly about picking this just, like, from the meta perspective. Like we said, this seems like an easy game. But I think, like, I've said that in the past and been proven wrong. So just you could easily suggest from the meta perspective that if – I finally admit, like, this is a game that the Titans will win, then I'd find, then I'd get it wrong, you know what I mean? So, I'm still going to go with the Bills, uh, just because, to cut out the mind games, like, this is the best team in the league, I mean, come on, <laughs> like, the Bills are so, no doubt. they are so good right now, man, I, I think last year, there was something that I felt, kind of as a Bills fan, just a little bit of frustration with, like, all of the wide receivers and, and running backs with just how, like, how it's never been really clear, like, who number one is in either of those positions in this team. Like, just because as consistently as Josh Allen's been able to use all of the different options, like, not all the, they haven't all, like, answered the call consistently, you know what I mean? Um, but I thought that, like, every piece of this offense was playing, like, absolute game busters against the Rams, and then as soon as as the Rams were like, all right, well, we'll put up seven now. Like, they were like, shut up, sack, sack, interception. All right, here we go. Like, score some more points. It was ridiculous. (laughs) Like, I I just don't see any team beating the Bills right now, and especially not the Titans in Buffalo. Like, finally, this game is going to be in Buffalo. Like, the Bills have been going to Tennessee for the last three years. They lost the last one. I know Buffalo fans are itching, itching, itching to get to, like, host this game finally this new um rivalry that we talked about earlier and make sure that Tannehill can't repeat his mm. uh success against them from last season uh yeah it's just the titans obviously are like dealing with some difficulty um i've heard from multiple titans friends of mine that they need to fire their offensive coordinator and i'm inclined to be open to it at the very least did you see that tight end screen on third and one i did not i didn't get to watch as much of that game as i would have liked but i heard that referenced for sure they yeah they they tight end screened on third and one and lost three yards and fell out of field goal range and they couldn't kick it or run it incredible they had to punt it (laughs) it was incredible incredible play uh yeah, the the Titans offense is very well coordinated. So it, it's just like if they remember they have Derrick Henry like they did last season, then they might 
be able to beat the Bills, but like they didn't remember they had Derrick Henry last week, like and at a lot of very key moments. So I don't think like like I said, like this is the team to beat, and this is not the offense that's gonna beat them. Like there ain't no way. So yeah, I'm going with yeah. the Bills. I gotta say, well, I'm happy for the Bills that they don't have to come to Nashville this year. I wish it was in Nashville again because I'd love to go. <laughs> but yeah, same. Alas, uh, will not be in attendance this year. The coin even going with the Bills in this one. We'll just watch the Titans beat the Broncos this year instead. Smile. <laughs> Smile. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, I'm gonna hijack this for a minute because the Philadelphia Eagles are your second Monday Night Football game this weekend. Uh, I mean, I guess that's not the weekend anymore. It's next week, but. Eagles hosting the Vikings. Uh, I think this is gonna. Uh, this is one of the highest over unders of the week. Rightly so. Both of these teams' offenses looked incredible in Week One. Jalen Hurts didn't throw a passing touchdown, and yet the Eagles still scored 38 points. I'm yeah. not using that as a knock on him. I think he played great in that game, despite what half of his fan base seems to think. I am so tired of Eagles fans talking poorly about Jalen Hurts on Twitter. Uh, day in and day out but that's a story for a different day um the vikings on the other hand justin jefferson was just as good as advertised he was talking a lot this offseason about how much he liked the new system how he's going to be like cooper cup how he's going to be open all the time and he wasn't blowing smoke he was literally open the entire game and it went for over 180 yards and two touchdowns so that makes me really worried as an eagles fan um who just uh, my team just allowed 35 points to the lions offense so, um, I'm going to do a little emotional hedge here, and I'm actually going to pick the Vikings just because I'm not confident in the Eagles' defensive scheme. I think the offense is going to be able to make this game interesting. We're going to go back and forth. But, man, um, our, our defensive coordinator last year kind of got hidden at some points because we didn't play a lot of good teams. I think we played one play, one playoff team <laughs> throughout the course of the regular season, and that was Dallas, and we lost both times. Um, but Jonathan Gannon is just not proven that he, we should put any confidence in his defensive schemes. Um, we have an enormous, insanely talented rookie, Jordan Davis, that we drafted in the first round this year. He wasn't even on the field for half the snaps, but the snaps he was on the field, I mean, that's when the defense was looking its best, especially in the run stopping. So it's just really frustrating to see him make these gaffes over and over again. So hopefully he'll be able to clean that up, but I'm not going to pick it to happen against <laughs> Justin Jefferson and this new look Minnesota Vikings offense. So... In a shocking development, I'm picking against the Eagles here. Have you ever picked against the Eagles on this show before? Um, probably not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. But, uh, uh, wow. Yeah, I really, really thought I was going to deliver us our, our first and only disagreement here. But I, I'm afraid to officially declare this an agree-a-palooza. I am going to have to go with the Minnesota Vikings as well. Uh, every voice in the league is saying after this first week like oh wow look at this like the minnesota vikings are a team to watch uh <laughs> i i know <laughs> like, I, i've been so excited about this team all off season and man they look so good this week like everything i wanted to see from them they delivered on uh like you said like man like aj was just out there like like Against the Green Bay defense, too, it, like, blew my mind. The, the way that, like, Kirk Cousins was able to look so, like, confident with 
just they're like I, I, just basically all the space in front of him really like at all points during this game they were just producing on the Packers and I think like even though their defense was kind of whatever I mean that's something that I've grown to expect from Vikings and it's like you know even last year when they weren't a team I felt really confident in I still expected them to go within three against basically anybody and mm-hmm. like they're not doing that against the Packers now so it's like if the Eagles had managed to keep the Lions to like even like 21 I think that like I'd be a little bit more hesitant about this it'd probably be a disagreement actually like because I'd, I'd probably still go with the Vikings but like the fact that the Eagles even though their their offense looks so heated up their defense seems like they're probably going to draw them into a lot of like fireworks like the Vikings are like really that's it we're we're gonna go like shot for shot like let's come on like yeah. it won't go shot for shot with anybody right now so yeah I think like that's gonna be a tall order for the Eagles defense and um yeah I think that the Vikings offense like is really going to draw some some crazy like I don't know I just I think like it just looks so good, man. I don't know what to say. They look so good. I, I'm really, really excited about them. Uh, also, I mentioned before we started the episode that this game, you said it was probably going to be a high-scoring barn burner. Um, it has an over-under of, like, 50 and a half. Um, I'd still, like, I think usually you'd be like, oh, my gosh, 50? But I see that, and I'm like, yeah, no problem at all. Eagles got 37 last week. We saw the Vikings, I believe, get yeah. 24. So, yeah, no no problem there whatsoever. Yeah, I, I misspoke saying I thought it was the highest over under. It is one of the highest. You're right at 50 and a half, but then the Chiefs Chargers game is 54 and a half. That doesn't surprise Thursday me. Thursday night football. So low key, um, I think this game will outscore that one. So that's gonna be there's my bold. Ooh, prediction. That's a hot take. Yeah, nice. Some, but nonetheless, some some great games bookending this week of uh, football in week two. Sure. Yeah, I um. Uh... I'm going to go with the Vikings here as well. 16 for 16 on agreements, I'm afraid. But F it. Um, F it. F it. I'm going with the Eagles. The Eagles Let's are going to win. <laughs> you know what? Bird up, bird up, bird up, bird up, bird up. I don't care. Aaron Rodgers was a statue in the pocket. Jalen Hurts is actually going to be able to get away from this pass rush. The Eagles are going to score a lot of points. The Eagles have a great secondary, so I think maybe they're going to be able to give Justin Jefferson a little more trouble. Uh, I think. We see another big play. Slay showing here. Uh, infamous fumble recovery against the Broncos last year that we got to see in person. That was pretty sweet. Would love to see another one this year. Um, was that pretty sweet? I don't recall. I loved that. Sweet. I I remember jumping around with some, some Eagles fans that were nearby. <laughs> um, but I'm going with the Eagles. You know what? I got to stay on brand here. And for the culture, the Eagles are going to win this game. And they're going to... They're going to put the league on notice, I think. I think. F it. I I think that the league should be on notice for the Eagles anyway. I mean, like, with this Dak injury, I think that, like, Eagles are going to win this division, I guess, is probably going to start becoming a de facto take pretty soon here. Yeah. Uh, but I think within the next couple of weeks, people will be like, hold on, hold on. the Eagles aren't winning this division because, the, because Dak got hurt. They're winning it because this offense is crazy but bonkers bonkers but again they are going to have to 
reel it in on the defensive side of the ball. Because yeah, I'm. I mean, everything I said about our defensive schemes and our defensive <laughs> coordinator still stands. But I yeah. just really wanted to pick the Eagles. So no, I like it. I. I mean, I'm. I'm happy to see a disagreement, and I'll happily go up three points next week. So thank you all. Nah, for I'm only gonna be down one. I've been looking <laughs> at this list to see if there's any other games I can change, but I really don't. I really feel pretty good about the rest of these picks. Yeah, uh, me too. Famous last words, but we'll see. I feel like. I think actually, um, this probably speaks to how good we are at being. I mean, this is a bad trait. This probably speaks to a bad trait that we share. But I think that we tend to agree with each other a lot in the second week, oh, and yeah. then and then score bad, which means that we probably both buy a lot of narratives. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if this coin goes like up fourteen games on us or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a possibility. Yeah, I didn't think about it with all these disagreements. <laughs> Uh, thank you all for tuning in to this episode of NFL. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed your first week of football. I hope your teams did well. I know our listenership, and they didn't, so I'm sorry about that, guys. I but, sure hey. enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, make sure to um, tell a friend. You know, we're this is this is the part of the year where it makes the most sense to help us grow. Um, we're we're looking to reach a big audience, let them know about what we're doing over here. So uh, please tell a friend. And uh, if you haven't yet, like take an opportunity to review us on iTunes or Spotify, if you don't mind, because that helps out a lot. And um, listen to Drew's fantasy podcast. Drew, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, listen to Super Fantasy Brothers. I think the plan is to drop two episodes a week for the rest of the season tentatively. We'll see how that goes. Um but I released an episode this morning, so go check that out if you're looking for some waiver wire additions for week two. Um, also check out the Good NBA podcast. Also back, Brendan and I did an in-person recording for the first time last week. Really happy with how that episode turned out, so go check that cool. out as well. Awesome. Uh, I don't know uh, yeah, anything else at this point, so thank you again for listening. My name is Jacob Wilkinson. My name is Drew Wade, and unlike the coin here, I'm going to say... Bird up! Bird up! There you go. I'm with the coin on this one. <laughs> <laughs>